Hello and welcome to the Bright Morning Podcast. I'm Elena Aguilar. Hey everybody. So last week I shared that I was with my beloved Bright Morning team at our team retreat when you were listening to that episode. And today I am back in Oakland, solo, writing and writing and writing and writing. I am in the final weeks before my next book is due, The Definitive Guide to the Art of Coaching. And this phase is really exciting and thrilling and joyful and also a little anxiety provoking because a deadline is, uh, I have already missed a couple of deadlines with this book and this one, it's going to be done. So I have what I need to welcome these emotions when they show up to engage with them, and then to keep going. While I am finishing up this book, I have selected a few more episodes to replay for you. So this one that we're airing today builds off of last week's episode and helps all of you who design and facilitate learning experiences to figure out what to do when things don't go according to plan. And Okay, I'm not recording this the week before it's airing. I'm recording it a little bit before that, but I'm sure that at our team retreat, there were some moments when things didn't go according to plan because it just happens every single time. It just was life, right? And I'm also equally confident that when things didn't go according to plan, we were ready to respond to that because the folks on my team who were facilitating portions have internalized all of the skills that are in the PD book and that we teach in our Artful Design and Facilitation Workshop. If you would like to do the same, if you would like to master those skills, then listen in and check out the show notes for ways to continue learning these skills. Enjoy! All right, friends, this episode is focused on facilitating adaptively. And here's what you're going to get in this episode. I'm going to tell you when you need to draw on adaptive facilitation skills. I'll give you a couple of examples about how facilitating adaptively can lead to transformative shifts in learning and culture. And finally, I'll give you a couple sets of questions to think about to help you build your skill set at facilitating adaptively. I want to just shout out our supporters of this show. Thank you, all of you who support the show. And thank you to Jamie M. from Massachusetts, who is a new friend of the show. Jamie, thank you so much for your support. I also want to remind you, if you haven't already signed up for my weekly wisdom newsletter, make sure to do so. You'll find the link to do that in the show notes. And by doing that, you'll be the first to know about new resources and to get invitations to upcoming free webinars and a whole lot more. So check out the show notes. All right, let's jump in to this topic of facilitating adaptively. So you know those sessions where you've got your plans done and everything is timed down to a T and you've practiced and practiced and you're ready to go and then midway through the session, a fire alarm goes off or your computer shuts down, you can't restart it or someone says, 
you know, this content is really good, but I'm just struggling to concentrate right now because the union negotiations are going on and I'm distracted and I'm wondering if we're going to strike and I just can't concentrate. You know, those moments when things just kind of stop for some reason or another, or you recognize that things need to stop. That's when you can lean on the habit of adaptive facilitation. So first, you've really got to know how to shift and what to do. And these are skills that are not just necessary when something happens, because you may also need and want to use adaptive facilitation skills when you recognize that the learners in your session need more time for an activity, discussion gets really good, and you know that allocating more time will lead to a powerful experience for everyone. Or maybe sometimes when you notice that things start feeling funky. In those moments, you are faced with a series of decisions to make. The question is, what guides those decisions? And in the PD book, we guide you through what to do. As I was thinking about this session, a whole bunch of moments came to mind. One was many years ago when I was an instructional coach at a middle school and I was facilitating a team meeting. And this team had been really challenging to lead. And here we were in another team meeting on a Wednesday after school and these little tensions started bubbling up again. And this time the tensions were between a couple of teachers who actually usually got along really well. But that familiar funkiness just flooded the room. And I had that familiar feeling again of defeat as a facilitator felt like, oh, this again. And I did something different. I said, hey, I just want to hit pause on our agenda for a minute because I'm sensing tension. It was a really simple kind of unpolished statement. And I literally just paused and there was this kind of frozen feeling, silence, not a really scary frozen or silent feeling, just this pause. And I saw one of the teachers who had been one in which I could see that the tension was rising. I just saw her take this deep breath and sigh. And then I saw the other one's facial expressions just kind of soften just a little bit. And I felt just a hint of relief and like, okay, maybe this wasn't a ridiculous thing for me to do. And I said, is this something we want to explore? It feels tense right now. I mean, it was a simple, simple statement of what I was feeling, what I was noticing. And both teachers said yes. And they shared that our conversation we'd been having had been bringing up these thoughts and feelings for each of them, which in some was about their anxiety around standardized testing and the way that the pressure of testing was making them feel like they had to alter their curriculum. And we had this conversation. It was probably only about 10 minutes long. And it was incredible. And it felt like it really released this tension that had always been there. And these two teachers just listened to each other and came to understand each other. We didn't solve their disagreement, but it opened up this whole space where we were able to go back to the original topic of discussion, which had to do with curricular alignment. And we were able to have that conversation in this whole different way. It was just not charged with unspoken things and tension. 
we always closed with a little bit of time to identify learnings and for appreciations. When we closed the meeting, one of the teachers just explicitly named and appreciated what I had done in hitting pause and naming that there was tension in the room. And everyone in the team validated this and agreed that it had been so helpful. It's been over a decade since that moment. And as I recall that time, it still feels so vivid to me. I can just immediately picture myself back in that portable because it felt like such a small and simple thing. And I was nervous, but it had such a huge impact on how the team worked together and on the dynamic between people. Okay, so adaptive facilitation is when you respond to something that's going on because you either just can't keep trudging through your agenda, there's a fire alarm that goes off or something, or you know there's an opportunity to build community or to name an elephant in the room or repair harm or make strides towards your goals or outcomes. And there are a number of strategies to understand around what to do when you need to pull on adaptive facilitation skills. But the first skill set to learn is to recognize when you need to use adaptive facilitation. So I've also been recalling this time when I was facilitating a day-long workshop and I was working with a leadership team and I had my super detailed long agenda and all these plans for things that we were going to do. And then the first activity I engaged them in, I think I had it scheduled on my agenda for 9.20 to 10 o'clock. They got really into it and we weren't on pace. And basically I realized the activity needed more time. And the indicators that told me this were basically like there was just this buzz in the room. And I was circulating and listening into these conversations that were so profound. And I kept glancing at the timer and, you know, it was projected on a slide. And I was recognizing that magic was happening right there in the room. And so when the timer went off, I asked everyone to stop for just a second. And I said, I am loving what I'm seeing and hearing in this room. And it seems like all of you are too. And they were nodding and doing jazz hands and stuff. And I said, so I want you to have more time for this. But I want to get your agreement. Because as you've all seen, there are other things on the agenda that I had planned for today that you gave input into. So I want to get consensus and I want to see by what you show me on your thumbs, how you're all feeling. So I want a quick thumbs up if you agree with more time, thumbs down if you really don't want any more time and sideways thumbs if you're on the fence. And I hadn't even finished explaining the instructions and everyone's thumb was up. So I went through the day continuing to get input like that, and I ended up cutting the agenda almost in half because what happened in response to the activity that I had designed was so powerful. And later when I debriefed with the principal, she actually talked about how useful it was for her to see me facilitate that moment, to see me model how to be responsive to what was going on. In the end, in that workshop, I ended up cutting about half of what I had planned. And yes, there was a part of me, a tiny part, that felt like, 
like, ah, you know, I spent six hours planning that agenda and we didn't even do it. But there was a much bigger part of me that was so relieved and excited by what had happened. And of course, what we didn't get to was just what we got to the next time. So really, I had the next session planned. So facilitating adaptively is really the sum of a whole bunch of skill sets. It includes knowing yourself. It is about decision making. It is about your emotional intelligence and your awareness and your ability to read the room. Speaking of knowing yourself, if you missed episode 123, that was last week's episode on knowing yourself, then go back to it. Because as I just said, knowing yourself is a part of facilitating adaptively. It's really foundational for being a powerful, effective, transformative facilitator. And remember, if you pre-order the PD book, you get access to a series of mini trainings in which you'll be guided through activities to help you build the skills that I'm talking about in these podcast episodes. So go pre-order the book now. And if you have already, make sure to check the show notes for a link on how to register for these workshops. Facilitating adaptively is essential. It's necessary. Your plans, I'm sorry to say, will probably never go according to plan. And that is often a really good thing because sometimes it is those detours, those learning moments that open up all kinds of magic. Sometimes that's really where things take off. So exploring this skill set is critical. All right, the last thing I'm going to leave you with is a couple of sets of questions. You know, my reflective questions tend to come in packs or sets. A couple of sets of reflective questions to help you think about your skills in facilitating adaptively right now. So here's the first set. I want you to reflect on what comes up for you when things don't go according to plan. And I mean this in your personal life as well as in your professional life. What feelings come up for you? What thoughts come up for you? When you carefully plan an agenda for a PD session and you can't execute all of it, what's the story you tell? What's the story you tell about yourself? What's the story you tell about others in the room? What's the story you tell about when things don't go according to plan? This set of reflection questions will probably be easier and maybe more powerful for you to reflect on if you think of a few examples. If you think of a few examples of when life does not go according to plan, and maybe that takes you back to March of 2020 and what happened to your vision for that school year for the next school year. But think about other things in your life as well. Understand your tendencies in terms of your thoughts and your feelings when things don't go according to plan. Second set of reflection questions has to do with how you take in information, how you capture data in the moment. So when you facilitate a meeting or a PD session, how do you gather information in the moment about how people are doing? 
about how the learners are doing, how the folks that you are there to serve are doing. How do you collect data? Do you do that through the words you hear, through what you observe, through what you sense or intuit or feel? Allow these prompts to perhaps give you some information about what you might want to start paying more attention to. You might know that you need to be intentional about paying attention to body language. So this could be an assignment for you this week. There are people who tend to be more attentive to body language than others. So that might be an area that you already feel like you're really tuned into or not. Maybe you can capture more information by paying attention to what you are intuiting. There's an activity in the Art of Coaching workbook to help you learn how to cultivate your intuition. It's a skill set. Intuition is a skill set. Maybe you could just start collecting more data by listening to what people are saying and refraining from interpreting, listening. All right, so that second set of questions is all about you identifying your primary sources of information or data when you are facilitating, honing that awareness, and then perhaps considering where you might pay more attention, how you might expand that data set. That's it, friends, for this episode on facilitating adaptively, which is one of the seven habits that transform professional development. And if you found this episode useful, just a reminder, share it with someone else. And if you haven't already, please take a minute. It really won't take you more than a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. All right, friends, thank you to Leslie Bickford, who is the producer of this podcast, and Stacy Goodman, who does the sound engineering. I'll see you next week, friends. Take care and be well.